Hey everyone, welcome to episode 134 of the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. On today's episode, we have Alicia Jackson, the CEO and founder at Evernow. Let's not waste any time. Let's bring her on the podcast. Thanks so much for joining me on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. How are you today? Pretty well. Thanks, Jared. Excited for us to uh, to chat. We've had a, a couple conversations, and it's great to to finally be able to uh, put out a podcast together where we get to learn more about your background and Evernow. I think we should dive right into it. I'd love you could tell the audience a little bit about your background, and then we'll talk about Evernow. Yeah, super super excited to be here and to be able to connect, especially with all that's happening in healthcare right now. Um, my background is as a PhD scientist from MIT. Uh, spent quite a bit of time in the biotech world, built DARPA's biotech office, got to lead some investments in places we all know and love like Moderna, um, and then turned my attention to entrepreneurship and building companies in the healthcare space. Currently working on Evernow, which is a subscription telehealth company focused on menopause. Turns out it's one of the biggest health events in a woman's life and tends to impact her longevity, what diseases she'll face, her quality of life, um, and very excited to talk about that with you today. Yeah, and this has been, I would say, more of a, a topic of discussion, menopause and just women's health in general over the last uh, two to three years. But really, when I look at the last year, it seems like I read more articles about menopause. And, and um, I, I remember first time we even had someone on the podcast to talk about the subject. It is not an area that I am well versed in. So I'm going to let you do most of the talking. It's really about learning about the company's why, how, how everything works and what exactly uh, you, you do at Evernow. Uh, and then the goal is to have you on for future episodes where we dive into different areas and maybe I'll be uh, a partial semi no probably not 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 an expert at all in it but i'll know more than i did before which is a, a positive yeah uh over the past year definitely menopause has grown in its visibility uh it's it's interesting because every single woman will go through menopause so over half the population experiences this and it, it really is reverse puberty uh, essentially, it's a time in a woman's life when her estrogen levels go to 1% of what they were during her fertile years. Uh, and as you can expect, just as you're going through puberty, you have a ton of different effects on your body, your body shifts, it changes, you have all the mood issues, very similar things happen during menopause. Um, we decided to start Evernow um, because I was very interested in the whole aspect of women's fertility and health and wellness. And this was not the company I intended to start. Believe it or not, I was doing research on how do you regenerate ovarian mm -hmm. tissue to help restore fertility in young cancer patients. And as I was doing this work and deep diving, several different things happened. First, I learned that when menopause happens very young in a woman's life, her lifespan will be shortened. She'll suffer for things like osteoporosis, cardiovascular disease, neurodegenerative uh, disease and decline. And those things aren't just what happens to young women, it actually happens to older women as well during your natural age of menopause. Number two, um, at that time, my mother was also going through menopause. 
And you would think a well-educated woman um, going through menopause would very easily be able to find help. And instead, what I witnessed was one, her going to her OBGYN and her OBGYN refusing to give her the latest treatments, not knowing what treatments to prescribe to her, telling her inaccurate information. And, you know, my head at that point is exploding. Um, you know, me having to be the person to actually educate my mother all about menopause treatments, what's safe, what's not. And then thirdly, I had a good friend who's an IVF doctor and I'm telling him about, I'm thinking about doing a company in menopause. And he says to me, well, you know, I treat all the women in my family for menopause. And I just looked at him and was like, what are you talking about? You're a fertility doctor. And he says, look, this is an endocrine issue. This is the same issues that underlie fertility and fertility treatments. And there's no one better to treat menopause issues than fertility doctors. And when he said that to me, I just thought, oh, this, this is all coming together at this moment. What's actually happening is we have a situation where although every woman is going through menopause, there are not enough physicians and doctors who are actually trained in going into menopause management. And so what are women supposed to do here? And at that point, it was just game over. Um, I really love this deep science on ovarian tissue, but I need to solve this problem first. And at that moment, we decided to launch EverNow. And I'm the CEO and founder of EverNow. Um, we launched the company in 2019. We started seeing patients a little over a year ago in the spring of 2020. Um, and we've really hit our stride over the past year, especially as the COVID situation has accelerated the shift to telehealth. Um, we're now at over two and a half million ARR, um, thousands of patients. And so really looking forward to scaling this model and delivering the best healthcare possible for women. Congratulations on uh, all the success so far too. That's exciting. And, uh, and to do it at the start of the pandemic, Yes. Um, which, you know, we, we talk about this, I, I don't like to word it in this way, but the, the companies that had a real digital health focus, a lot of organizations didn't do too well when the pandemic hit, but the, the digital health focus companies were well positioned to really take advantage of the changing landscape of healthcare as a result of COVID. And a lot of the, those, those changes are gonna remain in place, right? For the future of healthcare moving forward. We hope so. I, yeah. Definitely, I think from the consumer behavior perspective, yes, consumers, that was just an accelerant in terms of their adoption of telehealth. And I, and I also think it also accelerated the traditional medical communities accept, you know, accepting telehealth is a, is a delivery for their care. I, I am a little concerned about whether we see regulation that continues to move forward and continues to keep some of the um, loosening of some of the regulatory restrictions that we saw during COVID. And, and that's going to be the, the key thing that really blocks how much progress we can make here. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big believer in, like, we need to increase the speed at which, like, we, we monitor certain regulations and we follow regulations, but necessarily completely, like, re relaxing regulations to me never feels quite great because like there's always bad actors that can take advantage of relaxed regulations so i i'm a big believer in you know and this is just my opinion we need to still have the like the, the regulations that happened before but let's move a lot faster in in the necessary checks so that we don't skip a beat when it comes to care right um that's easier said than done <laughs> it is and, and overall i would say 
I agree with you. Um, you know, having having worked on the Hill, um, doing doing kind of regulatory policy, having taken a device through FDA, I'm very comfortable in the regulatory world. I completely agree that if we can speed it up and lower barriers to being able to get through the process and having very clear guidance about how you run the process um, would be a huge advantage for everyone in this space and for innovation. I, I do think there's a couple of things in terms of, for example, enabling doctors to practice across state lines that would be beneficial to everyone. And, and that's a key regulation I would like to see relaxed. Yeah, and that's that's one that's uh, even before COVID hit. That was a, a regulation that was discussed uh, uh, within the government for for quite some time. I remember when I was uh, living in Boston, we met with uh, members of the Senate at the State House. They were trying to pass a bill through for like state licensing, and I, we never got really updated on where where that whole thing landed. And that was a while back. So it, it seems like a lot of these things get started and then they just kind of slowly drift away. So yeah, that's something we're, we're keeping a pulse on as well. Can, can you share with us some of the things that you're really excited about moving forward as it relates to uh, Evernow? Yes, I, I would say the, the one thing that we've really hit our stride on and that we always believe would be would be a huge underpinning to the business is our ability to take structured data from our patients on their health, on their symptoms, and on their treatment protocols, and combine that information together and really start to get much smarter about what are the appropriate treatments for which women at which time, and how fast can we expect to see them getting better. And we're starting to layer that in and it's been incredibly powerful. Um, in fact, we're about to release a study um, on over 40,000 women looking at really what is the state of menopause? What are the health effects of menopause? You know, what are the treatments available and how fast can they actually make an impact on a woman's life? Um, and so we're really thrilled to release that both for, both for our customers as well as for the entire medical community to really help them to get smarter on menopause. Well, we look forward to uh, continuing to follow the progress of uh, what you're doing at Evernow. So definitely keep us updated. I want to thank you again for, for being a guest. And just I'll tell the audience one more time. The goal is to have you and other members of the team on to kind of dive into some different areas. But uh, until then, look forward to, to following the continued progress. And I wish you all the best of luck. Uh, thank you, Jared. I'm really looking forward to our follow-up discussions. Hey everyone, I wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Block Health. Block Health is building the ecosystem of services and solutions to power the future of healthcare. Through their platform, healthcare professionals and organizations can enter, upload, and share core credentialing documents and information. Professionals and organizations then have the opportunity to use that information to order multiple services and solutions like credentialing, state license registration, certifications, payer enrollment, renewals, and more. On average, the BlockHealth platform saves users 40 to 60% on credentialing and licensing related costs. Organizations can use BlockHealth as an extension of their team or as their whole licensing and credentialing team. Today, BlockHealth works with some of the top healthcare organizations. To learn more about Block Health, please visit www.blockhealth.com. That's B L O C 
H-E-A-L-T-H.com and follow them on their social channels at Lock Health. Thanks for listening. Thank you to everyone that listened to this week's episode of the Slice of Healthcare podcast. If you'd like to check out more of our podcasts, we're available on all the major podcast channels. And you can check us out on our website, www.sliceofhealthcare.com. And that'll have all of our past guests on there. Uh, You can see our sponsors and you can learn more about actually becoming a guest. Thanks and look forward to another episode next week.